Hi, this is Philip Wurta. And Bernard Zimmerman. Welcome to our podcast series, Virtual Leadership Development, How to Master the New Normal. And a warm welcome from my side as well. In the series, we cover a range of topics that all have an influence or impact on leadership development and all its applications in a virtual context. In today's, our 22nd episode, we continue where we left off last time with the topic, how to engage with others. As we have said in previous episodes, building engagement in a virtual context can be much more challenging than in a face-to-face situation. That is what we want to continue today. Why don't you give us a quick overview again? Thanks, Bernard. When we build engagement, the one thing that is vital for it to be successful is that we do it consciously and not just subconsciously. And in our last episode, we covered the first topic, interaction, design, and flow, which is how we prepare for a meeting to be truly engaging. Today, we start with the second, actively build a connection. And as we've said before, connection is the foundation for any engagement that we have with others. Third point, foster curiosity in others. We've spoken about curiosity many times in our previous episodes, but curiosity here literally is the fuel for connection and engagement. And these three elements need to be addressed consciously. And then finally, to address the elephant in the room. So Bernard, let's kick off with how to actively build a connection. So the key element is that you consciously ensure the spread of the participation and interaction. That means that you pay attention that all people are participating. You pull them in, you bring them into the discussion, and you do the interaction, not just at the beginning, uh, but it actually goes throughout the time. You keep the interaction going. I think we've had an example before where there was one webinar that was highly interactive in the beginning, and then it continued with a monologue. That's not what we mean. It has to be consciously spread. You need to prepare yourself to be there and make it happen as a dynamic. So what happens if it's not conscious? Well, I think you may fall back in a routine that you Mm -hmm. end up in a dialogue with a person rather than having all the people participating. I think that's the point where the consciousness keeps in, what do I need to pay attention to? pulling people in, making them participate and feel them heard that they know, okay, here is something I'm valued, my contribution is valued Mm -hmm. and the leader, the facilitator takes care of that and pays attention to that. Yeah, as you were talking, I was just thinking back on my training as a coach and as a coach, we ask questions. We don't get involved in bringing solutions. Mm. That for me was really difficult to learn, to become a coach. And I think here, it's the same kind of thing. If you forget what your purpose is, why you are here in leading this workshop, this meeting, and you become involved in things, you are no longer doing it consciously. And that means that you cannot steer it in the way that it needs to go. What's your take on that? Fully aligned on that. I think... Uh, There are moments, especially when you're in a team leader role, whatever, and you have, as we say, skin in the game, you need to think about that beforehand. 
<laughs> if it's too important what's being discussed and you need to be involved, I think that's your responsibility as a leader of that meeting, a team leader, to delegate the responsibility for facilitation. Because mm -hmm. my experience, even in my own practice, you lose control of it. Having two roles, A, it confuses participants, yeah. and you may get confused yourself. What is my role? <laughs> I agree. So I just want to close that off because we use consciously very often in this podcast. But consciously in this sense really means you have to be aware of something, not just in the beginning. You have to be aware of it continuously. And that's not easy. Yes. Costs a lot of energy. Absolutely. That's the second part of this, the energy in the room. And how do we bring that energy in? Mm -hmm. In my way, bringing the energy or building the energy in the room, I think, starts at the beginning. When we talked about rules of engagement, then you bring people, you align people, you talk about what's important for them and make that really clear that you, you run the workshop along the line, what's important for them. Mm -hmm that they are engaged, they're motivated, and they build up the energy. For me, it's more gut feel, intuition, that I see the whole screen, what's the dynamic, how people are behaving, to get a feel for the energy. When people are kind of leaning back, almost, as you call it, peeling off, where is the energy? Is the energy dropping? Is, are people kind of low in the energy? You need to address them directly to kind of boost the interest in the discussion on their side. What do you do? When, let's say, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the energy turns stale or toxic, how do you notice it and what do you do? When it gets toxic, you hear the tone of voice changes. Mm -hmm. I think it's more abrupt in the way people speak. It's more sharper. There's more edge for some people in the discussion when it gets more toxic. or When it, it kind of drops down, you know that uh, people are... The posture you see, they take uh, changes. They may mm -hmm. be even lower in front of the cameras rather than sitting upright. And if it's the latter, I address it. So I have to feel that we're losing energy here. Where are you at the moment? Do we need a break? Do we need to get up? Do we need to just move? Because sometimes it's just kind of that there's not enough oxygen in the brain anymore. Uh, because you spend so much time in front of the screen and people need to move around mm -hmm. for a while and then you re-energize just the brain for itself. What's going through my mind is as you were talking, as I asked you the question, I was also asking myself the question. I think the thing that we have the greatest fear of is that we're in a meeting where all of a sudden things become toxic. Mm. And for me, my instant fallback is rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment, all you have to do is to describe what you are seeing. Ask the question, this is not the way we wanted to have this meeting. So let's stop, reset, and for a moment, just think about how we want to work together, how we want to talk together, how we want to interact together, and let's get back to that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree on that. Yes, great. You know, and it's sometimes stating the obvious is what nobody wants to do. Because it becomes scary when you state the obvious or when you notice that things are going wrong and it doesn't flow that easily, pausing rather than driving yourself in, oh, I need to finish that, you know, the, the agenda, we've got so many points to cover. And in that self-talk, you get lost in the way you actually address things that need to be addressed. 
Yeah. You know, I just want to bring this back to actively involve everyone, because if you do this, you are sort of doing a quick intervention. But you are doing this because you've noticed the people's reaction in the room. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you are doing this quick intervention. You can always give it to somebody else and say, well, let's say you noticed that John was having a negative reaction in the way that people were communicating with each other. So you can just say, well, this is the way that I feel. How does everyone else feel? John, what do you think? And you can just open it up to everybody and then quickly make people aware of this is not the way that we want to conduct this meeting. Yes. And write it and then carry on. Yep. So how would you take care of people? Why is it important? Taking care of people is as some people tend to be shy by nature and they may be even shyer in front mm-hmm. of the screen. So you need to see what's happening with them. Where do they, what's their level of contribution? And even when you address that, when there may be some negative points coming up, don't take it as an, an, as an attack. Don't get defensive. Take it as it comes in a friendly way, in an open way, open-minded way. And sometimes I also bring in some, some humor. Your laughter kind of brings the tension back to normal when people getting tense, when you see kind of like they, in, in their facial expression, sometimes you see, okay, the eyes are getting wider because mm-hmm. we're touching something that's critical or a sore point for them. And then you mix a bit of humor in that people say, ah, oh, okay, so when it doesn't see it as critical, he's not kind of full in, in tension or jumps on it. You know, you just mentioned if you're feeling attacked. Mm. And if somebody attacks you, they are doing that to protect themselves. And probably what happened is something that they believe in or what's important to them is in danger. They're not consciously knowing it, but that's why the response comes. And that's exactly what happens to you as the facilitator or as the team leader. That's the way you experience it. So, And we then want to defend ourselves. And it's a lot easier to go back to say, okay, so what about this is important for you? Mm-hmm. And automatically you go back down to what is our common interest if you continue following that. And you can ask some interesting questions that will really open up the things that you really need to talk about. Yeah. If you do that, people feel that what is important to them is also important to you. And that's when they feel taken care of. Yeah. And you can also address them then directly. Uh, in, in combination, what I do is when something is happening and I see facial expressions, I make sure mm. I, I see all the people, I see facial expression. And I said, okay, so... Here is a question building on the other said, what do you think, Peter? I've just seen a smile going over your face. What, what happened with you when you heard the, the question or the reaction? So you, you're not waiting too long for people feeling under pressure to respond, but you bring them in, you take care and involve them in a discussion. Absolutely. For me, there is an interesting point. I recently did a workshop where one person's face was continuously in shadow and I couldn't read this person's face. So especially if all the video screens are small, it's difficult to do this. And I found naturally that I was automatically not asking this person a question, which meant that I continuously had to remind myself, go back to this person. And when I was reflecting on that, I realized that when we're in the office, we spend a lot of time in how we dress how we show up so that we have an impact on people. However, Mm -hmm. when we're online in a video, we don't focus on showing ourselves 
to the best effect so that other people can see our real reactions. It's really difficult to react to when you, all you see is somebody's double chin mm. or you just see somebody from the side and they're looking away. You're still having an impact on somebody, but it's not necessarily positive. So make people aware of how they show up and how they are seen by others. And you need to do this before a meeting or before a workshop, asking people, make sure that your camera is straight on. Make sure that you are well lit so that people can see your face and can actually react because this is personal communication. And we rely on the face to be seen. Absolutely. That's what we miss in an online or virtual situation. I think it is better if we break here and continue with our third point, fostering curiosity to build engagement in our next episode. Yes, let's do that. So here's the question we'd like you to reflect on for our next episode. If you think about an online workshop or meeting that you had recently, where either you became very curious or the opposite happened in that you lost interest and had difficulty to stay connected. What specifically happened just before that, that influenced the connection that you had in that call? What was the behavior that facilitated your reaction? So that's it from me. Thank you, everyone. And a big thank you from me as well. But finally, before we go, if you would like to connect with us or share your insights and feedback, please feel free to do so either on linkedin.com, Bernard Zimmermann at contact, that is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T, or Philipp Bota. We are both based in Germany or connect via email at philip at bota.net or bernard.zimmermann at contactinternational.com, that is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T hyphen international.com. We look forward to connecting in our next episode. Thank you and goodbye.